Welcome back to another episode of the Working Class Fishing Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Brian Keachley, and here is John Morris with our sponsors. Hey, what's going on, everyone? This episode is brought to you by Troutlander Nets, exploration through innovation, Max and Outfitters, made by anglers for people that fish and lid rig. Use your head, snip different. All right. Make sure to check out all of our sponsors out there. They make some fantastic products. So, so our very special guest today, it comes from my area, my neck of the woods. Again, I know we're stacking up all these folks from the PNW, but uh, he has a YouTube channel with some fantastic uh, audio and visual uh, fishing content. And uh, this is Alec, and Alec is from Northwest Fishing. He goes after bass, salmon, steelhead, sturgeon, and what makes this channel super unique besides the awesome video quality and sound and everything else is that he goes after some of these fish with some really bizarre things. And we'll probably talk <laughs> about that a little bit later, but Alec, thank you so much for being on the podcast today, John, and I really appreciate it. And this is where we turn it over to you and Alec, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, guys, thanks for having me. It's uh, It's been nice. Uh, second podcast ever. So it's pretty great. Uh, like you said, my name's Alec. Northwest Fishing is my YouTube channel. I've been an angler for about 15 years, YouTuber for about seven, which helped jumpstart my uh, videography career. So I've been a professional videographer about two years. So can't complain. Life's been good lately. Oh, dude, that's sweet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. I used it as my portfolio. It was a subject to combine two hobbies. So I lo always love to Film, I mean, I've been filming stuff since I was like 10 years old and then started fishing. I was like, hell, let's combine the two. And here we are. It's pretty nice. Dude, so, it. <laughs> Dude, how, how'd you get into fishing? Uh, I mean, it started with my dad, but one day, it's actually a funny story. I was, my buddy and I were super bored one day in high school. I was like, yeah, my dad's taking me fishing a few times. I like, wasn't super into it, but I was like, do you want to give it a shot? And we hopped on the city bus and went up to blue river reservoir and we caught about 25 trout each in a day. And I was like, all right, I think, I think we like this. And we went out <laughs> bass the next week and we caught two five pounders each. And like, dude, after that, you're, you're stuck. And it's been about 15 years since then. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, were you like, were you collecting up like your lunch money when you were a kid mowing lawns, everything else to go down and raid the tackle shop? Or were you oh, stealing yeah. from your dad's stuff? I mean, was it like this whole collective thing of like, uh, I gotta get all this? <laughs> my dad tries to go fishing. He's like, dude, where the hell is my fishing gear? I was like, <laughs> it's in ponds and rivers and lakes all over the state, man. I can't. <laughs> uh, hung up on a stump right over there. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. So uh, your uh, Blue River Reservoir, specifically kind of uh, what what town city are you from? I'm in Eugene, so that's only about 40 minutes from me. So it was it was all, the closest place because we weren't driving yet. So it was the closest place we could take the city bus and about a yeah 40 minute bus ride. And we walked about two miles with huge tackle boxes and it was it was a lot of fun. But yeah down Eugene. So we got we've got some decent bass some decent rivers around. It's not a bad place to yeah. start out so uh now you know youtube stuff everything else you said you've been making videos since you were 10 you know obviously starting out probably making some pretty funny videos <laughs> videos and all that kind of kid stuff 
Um, what what really uh, started pushing you towards like the videography? Did you uh, like get into middle school, high school, maybe get into a photography class? Where where did that all start? Yeah, I mean, I I've been on YouTube since it started in like 2006. So I was always just throwing videos up there. Oh, yeah, they're dumb. Like my channel name was Cheeselog18, if that gives you an <laughs> idea of what it was. <laughs> so yeah, I got into high school and my mom got a brand new video camera. So I started playing with that. And I actually, in high school, I was really into like short war films and those kind of uh, that genre. So I actually ended up entering a film competition when I was... 16 and i made it the semifinals like a hundred thousand dollar film competition like looking back at it now it's garbage but like at that time it was really cool like i was getting the visual effects and it was i loved it but then the camera broke and i didn't have any money so it wasn't until i got into college i got back into it and then youtube was like fishing and stuff that was just kind of a new way to a new subject again started with like it's called an emerson action cam it was like a 40 dollar cheap knockoff of a gopro but just kept going i got like one sponsor connect scale i don't know if you guys heard about that they were big a few years ago but yeah and he kind of kept me going and it just it just kept snowballing until you know, like here we are it's i haven't stopped for seven years and i don't think i can stop honestly <laughs> what well, why is that uh there's a quote I saw the other day. It's like you, you do some great work, but until someone sees it, like you don't have a drive. But once people start recognizing what you do, like it's it's hard to stop just because you're always wanting to one up yourself. And that's kind of what I've done. Like you look at stuff from five years ago, like it is decent. But like the stuff that I did this year, like especially that Cold Steel Diaries, like honestly, that's some of the best work I've ever done. And focusing on these kind of like documentary style i'm just like i found a new passion and also like doing it professionally for two years i channeled that into into what i'm doing for myself and i there's just a lot of potential i'm starting to starting to see so i'm gonna keep it going for sure dude so you got to tell me do black bars go on every clip of a documentary <laughs> like the the horizontal ones yeah yeah, I don't, it's, I don't know what it does, but man, you just add those little black bars and you're cinematic. I don't know what it is. <laughs> it is, dude. <laughs> you know so, that. Uh, go ahead, Brian. Uh, so you, you mentioned Cold Steel Diaries and I don't know if John, John has like got a lot of stuff going on. So I don't think he's had a chance to really go over and watch this. But there was a shot in one of your videos, and, and it happens to every single angler. I don't care what you're fishing for. You walk up to a spot and you throw everything in it, and you're like, there's nothing there. There's nothing there. You guys put a GoPro under a float and floated it by a shelf. Uh, you want to tell people what was there? <laughs> oh, yeah. We, we saw some fish, but they, like I said, they weren't biting. So we decided to be like, we were standing on a shelf, and we we're like, we got to see what's underneath here. And we weren't catching anything. It was like 2 p.m. We're like, screw it. Let's just, let's see if we can get some footage underneath. Nice and clear water. And we dropped it underneath there. And it, like kid in the candy shop, man. When you get a shot like that as a videographer, like huge steelhead. Like some of the biggest I've ever seen in where we were at. And it was incredible. It, like we didn't catch anything, but 
that video or those clips like made that video completely different of what it could have been. It was incredible. It really was. It, it was just so atypical because here you are, you're fishing this one hole, it, you know, you got the riffle that dumps down into the bucket and then it, you know, continues on and you guys were next to a bridge there, I think. Yeah. And it, and it continued down and you're looking at it and you're like, this looks fishy. This looks fishy. And you guys literally threw everything through there. And, and the, this, you put that GoPro and, and yeah, here's the steelhead tucked up against the rock. And that thing probably didn't move the entire day. It probably kept seeing your bobbers go by up here. And it's like, dude, I am not coming out. I am hiding out. And you guys floated jigs through there and beads and I mean, everything. But that, that shot was just absolutely incredible. And it was so telling of like, don't necessarily give up on a spot because I mean, they could be there. It's just like, you know, you, you never know where they could be. Right. out. I, that was another thing. It's like it, it provided not only a nice cinematic little shot, but it was like, it told us so much what was going on that we couldn't even see We just thought like we were throwing the wrong stuff or we didn't know what we were doing, but it was when you see 10, 15 fish under a shelf, you're like, Oh, that's where they're all at. So that was, that was not only just something cool to see, but it was a lot of information to take in as a new steelhead angler for sure. Mm -hmm. So what drives, <clears throat> what drives your video making process? Like how, how do you decide, Oh, I want to go out and make a video on steelhead. Um, it just, it takes a while to, for me to kind of figure out like what the next thing is because I've fished for most of them, but with the steelhead thing there, I mean, I hadn't caught a steelhead in 12 years since last time I went with my dad. And so that in itself had a storytelling aspect. So I was really excited to kind of like push on that. And I knew it would make a series. And the fact that each episode is like, Oh, maybe I'll catch one. It, it kind of builds a hook into itself. So it, it just kind of depends on the idea I have for that species like with the with sturgeon, I've caught so many sturgeon. I have to figure out what new way. And as you said, I've caught them on some weird stuff. So it just, it is, it's hard to say. It's there's so many ideas floating in my mind that I just have to um, kind of pin them down. And steelhead this year was definitely something that I really wanted to hit on. So earlier you were talking about. <clears throat> outdoing yourself you know going one step further and that that I guess you could say gratification of people appreciating your work um that's that's like a really true statement you know mm -hmm. it, there, there's there's no like falsified information or any smoke and mirrors there that's when when people start appreciating what you're doing, when, when did you realize, or what was your first experience with that feeling from your filmmaking? Um, I'm trying to think. I had a couple of videos pop off. Like at first it was mostly like informational. Like I was helping people learn how to set up a rig or something. But then I knew that, like I liked the fishing part, but the, the filming part is what like was truly my passion. And I always knew like I was only good as good as the last thing I did. So I always wanted like to do the next best thing up my quality. 
and all that. And yeah, it's just, I like to inspire people to make stuff. And so if I can make things that inspire someone, just like the people I watch inspire me, like that's kind of what I'm going for. And so making these higher quality videos and uh, change up the storytelling. A lot of my buddies have told me like that's inspired them to change the way they shoot their stuff. And that's kind of like inspiration is very, I'm trying to think of the word. It's very important to me because that's kind of what I want to be at the end is just an inspiration to someone, you know, that my work is good enough to want someone to go out and make their own stuff. Well, I I can get behind that. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, and just based on the quality of the, of the output, what you have, you know, the thoughtfulness in, in that whole spectrum of, uh, you know, the storyline, the plot, the, the video making, I mean, I, I make videos, John makes videos. And, uh, if you look at like my stuff, it's like, I'm going to go fish and catch fish and that's what I'm going to show. But there's like, no, like real track or story to it. Like there's no like buildup or crescendo, like you know, I got up and I decided I'm tired of not catching fish. So I'm going to go somewhere where I know there's fish. You know, I, I didn't do that. Uh, you know, when, when you got down to the end of the cold steel diaries, which was the culmination where you went out with, uh, our, our friend, uh, Logan, uh, mm-hmm. and, and with your dad, that was like the culmination of the season. And it was like, you know, it, you, you had grounded out like every other steel header. And then, you know, it, it wasn't like a give up, but you were like, I got the info, I got the intel, and I'm going to go do this with my dad because it's going to make it really special. Yeah, you know, that that's what it is. And and so having that type of pathway with that storyline just makes that so much better. You know, and and you don't see a lot of that with the with the whole YouTube thing including our our own, you know, cuz we're just like, yep, we're going to go out and go hook fish, you know. And, I mean, and that's what it is. Yeah. That's how I started. I'd throw a GoPro on and go out and if I caught fish, that'd make a video but like if i had a skunk day like i had a skunk day like both video wise and fishing wise so that's something i wanted to do this year differently is try to turn that on its head where if i had a crappy day of fishing i was still able to create a narrative that would pull something out of that day and that's kind of what i did is like even if i had two videos before a fish was even seen on camera besides underwater but at every video I tried to like have an underlining, like what's the word I'm looking for? Like some positive to take away from it. Like the first time my buddy taught me like the basics. And the second time I kind of learned what the fish were doing. And the third time I got to actually see a fish cut. It was like, it was a step-by-step and I always try to take something out of it and have an underlining message that made it more worthwhile to fish because, or to watch, because when you watch a video and there's no fish caught, you will be like, well, we didn't catch any fish. See you next time. Like, I had to, I had to switch that up a little bit. So it was worth watching in the end still, which is hard to do. It takes a lot of time to figure out how to do that. Like I said, I've been doing this for seven years and I just now figured it out. So, <laughs> well, and, and I think, you know, it, it, there's, there's a lot to be said for displaying that because where, where have we come from the, the origins of, of the, you know, yeah, I had a bad day fishing, but I still went out fishing. Right. And I got to see all this other stuff. I saw otters and I saw beavers and everything. And granted, there's a lot of people out there. Like when I go out to fish, I want to catch fish. And I Mm -hmm. think everybody wants to do that, 
but there's so much more to it than, than just catching the fish and putting in that mix and variety of everything else. And that's, what's cool about your uh -huh. videos, but also, you know, some of the, the other stuff that you do, that's just totally unique, which, you know, nobody's really thought about, um, uh, yeah, where, well, before we get into how unique that is, where do you get the ideas for some of that stuff? Uh, my, my creative process usually starts with, I like sitting down and I try to think two different ways. Like one, I go through YouTube and I'm like, what are people doing and how can I kind of turn that into my own thing? And the other thing is like, what aren't people doing? Maybe not like in the grand scheme of YouTube, but like maybe in my area, like you, I don't know if you saw the scuba video, the underwater fishing, but that was kind of something I've never seen besides a couple other guys. So I, it, the, the idea process takes a long time because I'm trying to hit the people in my region, the Northwest, but I also want a wide reach. So I kind of, I have to figure out some kind of shock factor or something that is totally unique. It takes a little while, but I've, I mean, some of them, some of my videos I've done are now my calling cards, man. Like I can't get away from them. So it's, it's worked apparently. Yeah. Uh, especially probably the one you're thinking of, if I can, if I can guess. <laughs> read, read, read my mind. Yeah. Well, there's, there's like four or five that I'm thinking of, but, um, <laughs> the one of them would be interesting for John to, to give a try to, because John, uh, he, he's, he fishes for gar. That's like oh, one man. of his things. Yeah. So long nose gar, not alligator. There are different species, but um, that, that's one of the things. And I mean, John can attest to how much bite they have, uh, you know, I mean, they're, there's something else, but they're um, just missiles. They, they're just, they're unexploded torpedoes. Yeah. <laughs> UXO. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. They're, uh, so tell first one I think of is your underwater smallmouth fishing. Mm -hmm. That one was pretty unique. I, and it was cool though, because you could see the behavior of the smallies. You were recording it, but you had like one of those little $10 ice fishing rods with you. Unless yep. I, I misjudged what it was, but no, uh, you're right. Looked, I, I think I got like two or three of them back here. It's you know, we got special. Them, yeah. Yeah. They, they come in a little foam box or whatever you yep. can pull them out. So tell people about that whole process and idea. Yeah, there's a there's a couple guys on YouTube I watch, and they're like all about scuba fishing or scuba diving, and they did a couple fishing things. But uh, I on the South Umpqua is where I do most of my smallmouth fishing. I used to swim around to get an idea of where I was fishing, see the shelves and everything. And I got dive certified in college, but I never used it outside of that. So one day I was like. Well, if I just go rent some gear, it's a safe spot. It's not the ocean. So I'm a little more comfortable. And so I went and grabbed some scuba gear and sat underwater for about half an hour and caught probably 30 smallmouth, not all of them on camera, but <laughs> it was insane, man. I, I saw one so big, it scared me. So like, <laughs> and you don't see that always. And it's a completely different take on fishing because you're, you're, you're in their territory now, you know, you're not on the bank and you get a see how they interact with stuff and uh smallmouth don't care if you're right up in their face they'll still bite they're they're not as spooky as i as i thought they would be but some of them were just hanging out right by my legs they're just interested in what i had on my hook apparently which was uh, thank you that was nice <laughs> yeah <laughs> unfortunately that fell flat though but sometimes you just gotta roll with the punches and keep coming out with the ideas 
I, I can't believe that that, I mean, when I saw it, I was like, why didn't anybody else think of this? Because the, the river that you were in is super clear. It's mm -hmm. a clear river. You can see forever. I, it, the fish can see you forever too, uh, unless it blows out, but you were in perfect conditions and it's like, why wouldn't you? I mean, yeah. that, that's the whole thing. It's it's always strange to me though what what hits and what doesn't a five second video of somebody releasing a fish gets eighty or a hundred thousand views and you know you put in that effort and it's yeah not... YouTube's a little weird that way and the nice thing is it's gonna be hard for someone to recreate that because you have to legally be certified in the state of Oregon to rent scuba gear so unless someone goes out and gets dive certified which takes a few months then I'm gonna keep pumping those out till one of them takes off. <laughs> That'd be interesting if you did one where you're fishing for a uh, spring snook, if you oh, can handle God. the water temperature <laughs> or sturgeon. Imagine that. That'd be scary. Oh, that would be the That'd other be one. Nuts. I, that one would, that would go viral. I, I have no doubt in my mind, but do you want to go up there and dive in the basin and uh, put on all your scuba gear and then hook into one of those monsters and be taken for a ride? Cause smallmouth, I mean, you can manage, but uh you know you can talk a little bit about your sturgeon fishing adventures too uh, because there's one there that i i had never heard of the concept of using a barbie rod until there was a guy that said he went up to what was it columbia slough maybe it's columbia slough he was like oh yeah we're catching shakers on barbie rods you know they got like a heavy action i was like what what do you mean you're catching oh yeah we're catching like two and three foot sturgeon on a barbie rod with a night crawler i'm like why Oh, because it's fun. We get like, a, we get like two 30 packs of hams from Bymart and we go down there and get trashed. And I was like, no. And then I see your video. So you want to tell people about that? Yeah. That's, that's another um, part of the idea process of, of like, what are people doing? And I saw someone with a photo of a Spider-Man rod years ago. And I was like, you know what, that would be a good video idea. So I grabbed a well, I call it a Barbie rod because that was the trending title on YouTube, but it was actually a Disney princess. So hopefully no one calls me on that. It but it's pink. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people thought I had the stock line on there. I'm like, no, man, that's like 10, 10 pound test at most, maybe. But yeah. now I slapped some 30 pound braid on there and went down to Swan Island and spent about five hours trying to get a sturgeon and finally hooked up and, uh, that's a wild ride. Tell you what, but dude, that thing handles that thing handles. Even the drag's not too bad. What was that? Was that like a, <laughs> well, was that a 60 inch fish? It was a, it was a four footer. Yeah. Maybe four and a half. Yeah. It was, it was not. Uh, it, okay. So if you would have caught it on this other combo that you just had, uh, it would have handled fine with the exception of the real, probably, you know, having a drag, mm -hmm. but that was insane. Cause it's like, you can hear the drag barking as it's like pulling down well, my face like, is like <laughs> yeah no that's it you're you're up there against that oil bumper over there uh -huh. in the basin and i'm like i'm like oh no oh no i'm watching this whole thing and that's like kind of that was pretty intense i i could only imagine having three foot of rod 30 pound braid and you're basically holding it upside down it's like tick 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 yeah that was like like i said i was out there like all day I got a few bites, but when that thing was on, like, it wasn't only that the adrenaline was catching the fish, but I'm like, like I spent a lot of time out here. Like this is my last chance. And I don't know if you've seen my TikTok with that video, but that thing hit 10.2 million views on TikTok. 
was about to say, I, <clears throat> I have seen that video. Yeah, it's, and I, I re-uploaded it uh, yesterday and it's already at 650,000. So it's, it, it hit well on one of the platforms. It doesn't transfer. I got like 500 subscribers or something, which 10 million versus 500. It's kind of a weird transfer rate, but regardless, I'm glad people are finally seeing that. Cause that was, that's insane. It was a lot of fun and you don't see a lot of people doing that. No, that's, that, that's one of the coolest concepts I think I've ever heard of. I, there again, now I think about like more of our like, you know, legacy species like salmon and steelhead, you know, going down and buying like the, the what, what was that one? The Shakespeare, the orange one or whatever else, you know, and going after a steelhead with that, like with a trout rod. There's the the dock demons that people talk oh, about. Oh, yeah. Yeah, those are those are yeah. dock demons are legit, bro. I heard they're, they handle pretty well. I just I like the uh, the aesthetic of the princess rod, you know. <laughs> it's, it's hard to beat dude yeah that that is another like besides trying to get more cinematic with it i always try to think like what what would be something that would be fun for me that's totally different a challenge like i've caught carp on a cat toy like i've done some weird stuff and it's it's just unique and it's something like that's the that's the fun part about youtube is like i got an idea like let's just go record it see what happens and usually it turns out pretty well so i have fun with that yeah, I got this thing actually right here. I don't know if you see it. It's called the Chill and Reel. It's got like a little reel. It's a beer <laughs> koozie. So that that's a video coming sometime in the summer. But I, I got a lot of weird things lined up. So look out for that. That's going to be fun. So you, you caught me off guard here. <clears throat> you caught a carp on a cat toy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it actually has a little reel on it. And there's a little button. So that was the, that was the drag system, but you know, <laughs> yeah, I, I cut the, cut the little lure off it. I actually took the little cat toy lure and I put two, uh, two hooks in it and I'm going to try that for top water sometime just for the hell of it. But <laughs> yeah, my cats love it too. That's the fun part. It's got two uses. So what there's, there's a cat toy. There's also a bath toy. It was an Easter bath toy, uh, but that thing exploded on me. So that one didn't work out as well, but. <laughs> well, so I, you know, you, you see this stuff. I, I think I know what you're talking about that cat. It looks like a center pin rod, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Like okay. A tan butt on it. Yeah. Ours actually has that. Yeah. What, what's that grip foam, John, the EPW or EVA? EVA yeah it's got an EVA handle on it and uh so when you pitch it out you click that off and it throws like a center pin and mm -hmm. then you click it on it's like click 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 my cat will like run around the corner and attack this little thing and it's got like these faux pheasant tail feathers I was I was looking at it I was almost going to send a picture to John because he's all into streamers I was like dumbbell eyes with this natural feather and, and just go jerk this and probably be a good bass lure honestly yeah yeah, it's always fun to just go around a store and to see what's marketed towards kids and be like, you know what, that's kind of marketed towards me right now. So, <laughs> yeah, that's definitely. So, oh, sorry. No, I was just saying it's fun. That's it's a good time for sure. So, out of all your, I, I would label you as a multi-species angler. And so, what has been your favorite species 
All right, I'm going to ask two questions. What has been your favorite species to catch? And then what has been your most rewarding catch overall? Well, I'd love to say that steelhead was my most rewarding catch, but, you know, almost almost got that this year. Hooked one and lost one. Um, my favorite, that's a hard one. I really put my time and effort into saltwater because – I don't know if you guys know who PK is, yeah. Oregon Life. Um, he was like the big deal to me. He was like, oh my God, that's PK. And then a couple of years down the road, and he's like a really good buddy of mine. So he taught me a lot about the salt. So learning salt water and how to like really know how to catch surf perch, that in itself was rewarding because the salt water for someone new to salt water is very intimidating, especially like jetty and the surf because it's a lot of water to cover. It's not a small little pond or a creek or whatnot. But my favorite has got to be sturgeon. I mean, it's all day. Like, you can, they seemed, it seemed very intimidating to catch them at first, or it was hard. Once I figured it out, it's kind of like catching catfish. But I mean, I've caught the small ones up to 10 footers, well, almost 10 footers, because I'm going to do a video about catching my first 10 footer. But that's a, it will change your perspective on fishing. 110%. You you realize how much power some of these animals actually have and it's incredible. It's a lot a lot of fun. And it hurts your back. Definitely. <laughs> the blow biceps and everything else. Oh yeah. I it's weird being sore from fishing like that, but mm -hmm. it, it's a hell of a ride. You're, you're like the Jeremy Wade of the Pacific Northwest, dude. <laughs> that is the greatest compliment I've ever gotten. Thank you. <laughs> He's my, I, I, I went to school for biology cause I wanted to be like him and like fish and record it. One of my dream series to write is called uh, the species list. You're actually the first to hear about that where I'm going to try to catch as many species as I can on camera, but that takes a lot, a lot, a lot of time. Yeah. So. A lot of time, a lot of uh, effort, a Money. lot of finance. <laughs> yeah. Financials. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. But, you know, and that brings up an, another question, and and this is something that that I guess some people get kind of bitter about with with making being creators and and doing stuff with uh, YouTube. Over your time, have you noticed that? I mean, have you watched your finances with with like you know taking your trips, your fuel money, your overnight money, that all that kind of stuff as you've like went went along and went through? I mean give give a breakdown like you have serious equipment like your stuff is no joke and i know that it can get real serious yeah right behind you <laughs> yeah. i mean this is all an audio episode but but alec has like some primo equipment you're really doing yourself a disservice by not going to his channel how's that all pan out i mean just to give listeners a breakdown like this stuff isn't for free <laughs> well to give you a, a break like a a rough total of the amount of gear I, I have probably twelve to fifteen thousand dollars in camera gear. And that unfortunately isn't much, but uh it's it's definitely an investment. I think the hardest part financially is the traveling because this gear you accumulate over time, you get your money's worth. But like especially this year, like I spent easily a thousand dollars on steelhead fishing. I drove twelve hundred miles on a car with over 200,000 miles, a lot of gear. It's, it, it does take a little uh, hit in your wallet, but 
luckily I do this for a living. So um, it's been a little easier to buy gear, but when it comes to it, it's definitely the, the traveling is the hard part because you got to really get that, that planned out and make sure you have the pocket change for it. Cause it gets expensive quick, especially mm-hmm. with gear. If you're losing stuff and lodging and all that, but have, camera gear, have, I've definitely built it up. Have you ever lost one of your pieces of gear? <laughs> I have a video, uh, on my TikTok. It was last, last year, I think, um, I was trying to shoot an opening scene for a coast video and the waves were breaking really nicely on the rocks. There weren't too far from me and I misread one and I only had my camera for about a year and my entire setup got completely hit with a wave and I was out in the tip of the jetty and I just like, you can see on the video, like I, I gulped because I was just like, Oh no, like, how am I going to, how am I going to buy a new camera and all this? Like, I haven't lost anything, but I've gotten really close to it breaking. But luckily, I still have a little bit of salt erosion in there. But besides that, it's uh, it's just been close calls with water. That's that's what you kind of have to take in consideration when you're filming by water. or Something's going to get wet eventually. Yeah. Dude, I, I, I couldn't imagine. You know, like I've, I've dropped my phone, you know, in, in the river before. Or, in, you know, today I lost a net. <clears throat> but I could not imagine losing something like that. Yeah. I've, I, I, I fell in the jetty once and I had a water ball in one hand and my drone in the other, and I threw them both and the water bottle went through the hole and the drone stuck between the rocks. So I got really lucky with that. So it's, yeah, it's, it's always a risk, especially when I'm doing it professionally. Like if I break anything, cause I'm not like making a living off YouTube at the moment. So if I break anything out there, like that affects my income overall. So I have to be careful, but at the same time, like I bought this to do what I want to do, which is make videos for myself. Cause I do real estate most of the time. And that's not the most exhilarating thing 24 seven. So I have to like, I have to bite the bullet and kind of make that sacrifice. Otherwise I don't get to use the gear and make the content that I want. Understandably. Yeah. Drones especially, because I'm scared every time I fly one of those things. But the shots look cool. <laughs> yeah. done, so, done, a little, done a little bit of that. Yeah, I've crashed it a few <laughs> times. Don't worry about that. <laughs> uh, so uh, so your day job then, uh, you're self-employed. You're, you're doing stuff, doing like uh, real estate marketing videos for like um, single family homes, commercial, that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I do pretty much all of it. Anything that needs a video, I'll, I'll hop on it, you know? Right on. Yeah. Uh, so I guess that, that means that, yeah, you have, you have your day job, but you know, really your, your passion is, is here, you know, doing the things that you want to do, but you're, you're financing it still doing something that you love to do, which is making videos. Um, I, I guess, uh, you know, another, uh, what do you kind of have uh, in plans for the future here, kind of coming down here the next year or so? What what are you thinking about? Like video-wise? Videos, fishing, uh, you know, the whole nine yards. Like, what what are you kind of thinking about? You, you got any big, big plans? Or are you going to stay local and just kind of um, hit stuff around here? Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely looking to collaborate more. 
because that's been probably the most rewarding experience out of YouTube in general has been meeting the people that share the same passion as you because there's nothing better than just hanging out with some buddies that are all having the common goal. And so doing the cold steel with like Evan and those guys fishing with Logan, Mondo and Troy from PDX fishing and Boneyard Bassin, like those guys, those are my best friends. And I met them through YouTube. Like, that's crazy to think about that. Um, life from Northwest fishing secrets. I'm trying to make a video with him at some point. Cause I, he's been like, he used to watch my stuff and message me before he was, he had like 800 subscribers and then all of a sudden he had 500,000. So he's definitely hopped up quite quick, but, uh, definitely do some collaborating. I want to meet some new creators, uh, McGrath fishing. I don't know if you've seen him on Instagram. He's in Wisconsin, but he's coming down to fish with me. Oh, okay. Um, then I want to do a couple like documentary type style videos. And then we started the backlash boys, which is our group channel. That one, we have a lot of fun things planned, but it's just, I'm in Eugene, Evans in Salem, Scott's in Albany, Mondo and Troy are in Portland. Like it's hard to get us all in the same room. So it's, it's a very good idea, but the execution of it is going to be difficult. But I think once we can get it done, it's going to be some great content that hopefully can like stack up to like the Guggen squad kind of stuff. Like that's what we're hoping is be like the PNW version of those guys, not like copy them, but just kind of be a group that people recognize, you know? Yeah, dude. I mean, and it helps build community too. Exactly. Yeah. And like, I don't know, meeting like, I don't know if they're fans, but subscribers or just people that like watch me for years. Like I went to a pond and someone's like, like, holy crap, is that Alec? And I was like, I don't know you, but like, that's super cool. Thanks for watching. Like seeing the face behind the username is surreal. I've met people who are like, I'm down in Newport because I watched a crabbing video of yours. And it's just like, like that part of it's really cool and just building that whole community is fun. So it'd be cool to do that with all my buddies as well. And it's backlash boys. Cause we're not trying to take ourselves too seriously. So we have a little leeway to be dumbasses. So that's always fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, Go ahead, Brian. well, that's cool though, because, you know, even though everybody's kind of scattered over about a hundred mile linear range, right. You know, you guys have uh, a plan to put something together like that. Um, have, have you ever got any uh, attention from any of our big folks around here, like Addicted or uh, any of those guys? Um, <laughs> Marlon leaves me on red a lot. I'll just say that. Uh, I've, <laughs> uh, I've, I mean, I've reached out to help him like f- filming and stuff because they are looking for videographers for the time being. But um, PK is probably the biggest one, but he's very, uh, he's a very humble guy. You won't mm-hmm. ever hear him really talk numbers, but whenever I'm with him, like everyone knows who he is. Oh yeah. Um, besides that, like, like I said, life from Northwest fishing secrets, like, I mean, I've talked on the phone with him a few times. Like he's, he's also a very humble guy, humble guy that doesn't like, won't talk to you because he's too big or something where like not to talk on addictive fishing too much, but sometimes I I can't tell with those guys because I've never met them. 
but um besides that not really there's it's hard to find very very many big creators in the northwest it seems like a lot of the bigger guys are down in florida or like more south or east coast mm-hmm. yeah my my experience has been like uh i ran into nick from um uh, angling addicts nor pnw or oh listen, yeah 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 i ran into him out of a river here i was like oh dude you know it's just like that i'm like dude i watch all your stuff because he'd post up stuff on our two rivers and he used to you know name drop the rivers quite a bit and then he stopped doing that but you know where he's at yeah you know, if you fish enough you know where he's at you're like eh, i know where you're at yep, yep. but he, he's not saying anything because people were like literally like swarming these areas like i mean there's guys like crawling all over everything trash and everything and I think he stopped doing that. I haven't went to one of PK surf perch tournaments yet, but it's been something that me and another friend of mine, we were like, Hey, let's go down and do one of PK's tournaments. Cause he's always got cool stuff, but I have to ask about PK. Does he have a sponsorship from Berkeley yet? Because he's probably been the single <laughs> most responsible guy for every freaking bag of sandworms in the Pacific Northwest being sold out. Yeah. I, uh, strictly fish with sandworms because of that guy so you're right no surprisingly enough i i should bring that up to him he did uh get a free kayak from or he got he they uh sent him a kayak from uh old town i think yeah and that thing is pretty cool that's that's he was so stoked about that but no i he should because that would be a a pretty pretty good setup because he definitely uh drives the sails for those sandworms well, between between sandworms, pen fishing reels, uh, <laughs> Power Pro braid, I mean, literally, when when the surf perch start hitting, everybody goes over to the section at the tackle shop, and it's wiped, and they can't. I mean, they order cases of it, and, and everybody's like, "Oh, uh, uh, I need that thing that PK's using," and the guy down there's like, "Oh, you want sandworms? We're out." <laughs> You know, and then, and then they put it on sale in the ad and everybody's over there. I mean, he's literally probably responsible for selling a good four to $5 million worth of sandworms in the Pacific oh. Northwest, <laughs> hands down. Definitely. I mean, you know, and now, now it'll be clam necks and, you know, people would be <laughs> out there with shrimp guns, sucking sand shrimp. Uh, but you, you are correct about PK. What an incredibly humble person i mean just for his prowess around here and and see but the thing is is he also knows where his spectrum is in the world because john has no idea who pk is nope uh, i ain't got a yeah, clue he ain't got a <laughs> clue who he is now he would find it, uh, the stuff he does pretty cool but he he took a very unique fishery and made it public because yeah. everybody would go down and he did that so super cool that you got pk in on that connection yeah i met him at a at one of his first surf tournaments actually in like I, I was, I had like 50 subscribers and I was talking to him like, Oh yeah, but he had like 10,000. And then we, he just like messaged me one day. He's like, Hey, you want to go fishing? I was like, what? Yeah. And then there was like, I think two weeks in a row, we fished every day on a weekend and we like pumped out so many videos and it's been great. He's, I haven't talked to him in a while cause he moved to California, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's, the amount of uh, knowledge that guy's taught me is insane. And you don't, you don't realize it. It's just the way he talks and you just, you start to kind of emulate what he does and it, it sure works. Now I outfish him sometimes. So. 
Well, <laughs> I, saying something. I just I just pulled this channel up while you were talking. Uh, 77.4k subscribers. Yeah. So so he's no joke. I I didn't go over to um, uh, fishing secrets Northwest, but I'm sure that he's got quite a few. Um, but these these are some big names in our local uh, angling community. But you're you, you know you're you're on the rise too. Like mm-hmm. I I go look at your channel. It's like you're on the rise. You're doing really good. You got yeah. any hopes? I mean, going down the road here, what you got like a like a target thing? Because I mean, you are a professional. Uh, do you have like a target for your channel to hit? It it depends. One thing I'll say about YouTube fishing is. Um, some people ask if I recommend it and I say, if you really love fishing, yes and no. Cause it's definitely affected the way I look at fishing and the way I enjoy fishing. If I go out and have an incredible day and I don't have my camera, there's a part of me that's upset that I couldn't capture that. So part of me can't just have just a normal fun day on the water because that could have been content. So it's always kind of looking at it that way. And that's just kind of, the state of mind nowadays where like everything cool could have been content where I'm trying to kind of get away from that and enjoy myself a little bit more, but I would love to do it full time. I really would. I, it's just, I've talked to a few people and we've all kind of agreed that it's, it's really hard to grow those to those kind of numbers for a fishing channel in the Northwest. Cause like the biggest ones you see are down in California, like fishing, like a little more Northern California, but so sometimes I'm like, yeah, do I want to focus on my business? Do I want to shoot real estate and do these kind of eh, ads or do I want to go shoot these really cool outdoor documentaries? But one I get paid for the other I pay for. So it's like, it's definitely an investment of time and money, but eventually if I can just find, find that one thing I can do that keeps bringing those people in, and that is what I could do for the rest of my life. I would definitely do it. Dude, so hopefully 10 K <clears throat> by the end of the year is my plan, but we'll see. Well, dude, uh, here's to 10 K sir. And, uh, <laughs> dude, I, I completely can relate to the, I didn't have my camera kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I was starting to take my GoPro with me every time I went fishing because I was like, so I want to capture these adventures and I want to share it with people. And then, uh, you know, my harness broke and then I lost the battery and it was just like, eh, you're just going to stay in my car, I think. And then it was, I don't know, I guess it was like probably the next like four or five trips. It's like, damn, I really wish I still had my camera. Yeah. But now looking back on it, I'm like, I'm kind of glad that my camera broke at the same time yeah sometimes you just gotta you gotta be present and it's when i'm i'm surrounded in technology almost 24 7 just because it's what i do so it's hard for me to sometimes just be present and being outside is a good way to do that but also what i love about making videos instead of just showing the fish i like taking people with me some people can't do these hikes or go to these certain spots so kind of like vicariously live through what i can create for you like that's also a fun part of it so I'm, tr- I'm trying to switch up the mentality of that. So it's not so much like, oh, I missed the catch more than I just like, I created an experience for someone else to have that maybe they can't, you know? That's a really good way of looking at it, man. Because our, like, our, our nature is definitely different here than like Midwest, you know? Yeah. 
Oh, dude, it is. Like, you know, Brian's always talking about like, oh, the river's blown out or, you know, and then he gets out there and then when it's, you know, good days or even subpar weather, he's out there and he's fishing and he sends me these pictures and these videos. I'm like, oh my God, dude. Like, Mm-hmm. That place exists and you get to call it home. It's unreal that the just fauna and ecosystem you guys have in the Pacific Northwest is it's out of it's honestly it's out of this world. It looks like you're opening up like some fantasy picture book or something. Yeah, if, if you have a skunk day, like look where I'm at. Like I'm either in the middle of the ocean fishing on a jetty or this beautiful river in the forest, like either or like you're you're having a good time being somewhere that you probably rather be than being inside working you know yeah that's uh, well and and we do have even though we've grown up in it and it's just like hey we're gonna go run up the river today and people would just be like shocked at like what we call where we go swim or kick back and drink (laughs) beer or whatever you know And, and people are people are just like that that's there and it's like you know i guess it is i I, I don't there yeah i know it's like oh we're gonna go down to the beach today and go play in the sand and you're sitting there and here you know you have the big you know vertical rising bluffs and the heads coming out and people don't really think about that you're like oh look at me i'm building a sandcastle people are like this is the most stunning coast i've ever seen in my life you know (laughs) or uh, whatever you know like i said we're eating cheetos and barbecue and hot dogs and it's just like whatever you know yeah, you do get a little used to it after a while, but yeah, you don't realize until you go other places like, holy crap, we have some, we have some nice places around here that we sometimes takes for granted for sure. Well, then you think about the the lack of the other annoying things that we have. Like we don't have those weird little biting flies like they have in the Midwest. <laughs> have, have you ever, have you ever been to the Midwest before? No, but I know what you're talking about. I've, they just land on you and bite you. You're like, you're out there on the back deck and, you know, listening to music and hanging out with your friends. You're like, ah, what was that? And it's just like this fly. And it's like looking at you. It's like, I don't know why I'm biting you, but I'm just biting you. I don't know what it is. Did, did they have those in Tennessee, John? Is it horse flies? Uh, I, they're not horse flies. They're little tiny things. They're, maybe they are. I don't know. But they're, they're little assholes. I mean, they land on you just like that. And you're like, what the hell is uh, that? My dad calls them son of a bitches because he yeah. bite you and he goes, son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> well, I, and that's, uh, those things are just stupid, but, uh, yeah, you know, we, we do have a special place here. And, and I, I guess another thing that I would ask is, do you have like a lot of people like, who cares about the fish? Look at where you're at, you know, do, do, like commenters or people that send you things like, yeah, I definitely. And then some too is, the the wildfires we've had the last few years have also definitely like blue river where i started fishing is gone it's completely gone now and that definitely like puts in perspective how much i need to appreciate where i'm at more than the video i'm capturing i capture it for a reason rather than just to put out content like because now that's gone like it's it's a memory i have videos of it but it just yeah, it's kind of a hindsight thing. Like we take it for granted. We see it every day, but like when it's gone, you're like, shit, that's gone. You yeah. know, that's, that, that's the hardest thing to see is a place that you grew up and it's just completely devastated. Like mm-hmm. up the, up the upper Clackamas is destroyed. It's gone. I never thought I would see a day 
when it was just nothing but a stand of sticks, it was always big, thick, heavy woods and, and big trees. And I thought, I thought there's no way possible. It rains too much here. There's no way possible. This <laughs> oh. could burn. And we got a couple of good dry summers and some idiot with a campfire and that's all it took. Exactly. And it just, and I'm, I don't know if anybody died up here. I know people died in the San Am Canyon. I don't know if anybody were down there where you were at, that was holiday farm. Yeah. I don't know if anybody died in that, but just the, the, the level of destruction, but that was also kind of the natural process of our forest for so many yeah. years. It's also, it's, it's like almost uncomfortable to the, like, unveil the the mystery of what's in the woods sometimes because like once it all burns like it, it's not so thick and lush where it's always kind of like what's back there and now like you can see everything it just totally changes your view on what it looks like yeah it's different uh, yeah you see like that one random rock formation or like mm -hmm. oh, i didn't know there was a cave up on that hill you know i yep. mean it, because it was obscured with brush you know what we call brush and yeah like, wow. definitely well, I'm looking at the time here. It looks like we're creeping up on our hour mark that we usually reserve. Um, we usually leave with a, with a couple of things, but what I wanted to ask you was um, like, like your top three tips, like, you know, we've talked a lot about YouTube. We've talked about fishing. We've talked about YouTube, but your top three tips for like creators, if you could give them any bit of advice, anybody listening to this, what would be your top three tips? Uh, my first one is just start. You can never, you, if you don't have anything, you're not going to lose anything. Might as well just give it a shot. Your first things are going to suck. That's how it goes. But like I said, you're only as good as the last thing you made. Just keep trying, invest a little bit piece by piece. You don't need to go out and buy a bunch of expensive gear grab a GoPro, make sure you have decent audio because if you have bad audio, no one wants to watch. That's something I figured out. Um, number two would be just do your research, learn about what you're doing as if that's editing or ideas, writing, anything that you're curious about, just watch some of your favorite creators. Don't, don't plagiarize it, but be inspired by it inspiration is valuable currency in creation and it's i read a book called steal like an artist which basically says originality isn't a thing you just gotta kind of be inspired and make your own thing and third is just don't give up it's it's not an overnight success every video everything you create can be a lottery ticket you never know what's going to take off you could make something you think oh, that's all right algorithm picks it up you got a million views and your life's changed so just just get out there make something just keep trying come up with new ideas and have fun with it don't peer into the numbers too much because you'll drive yourself crazy trust me that's about it well alec dude thanks so much for yeah, coming thanks for on having here. me dude this has been a fun talk <laughs> It's nice talking about myself. I don't get to do that very often. <laughs> I'm, I'm usually in here alone. So like it's, it's been good. It's I'm glad I get to sprinkle my knowledge somewhere else every once in a while. <laughs> so, yeah, I really appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, where can people find you and get in touch with you? Uh, Northwest fishing on YouTube, uh, not Northwest fishing secrets. He kind of took over uh, 
that search tag for me, but uh, it's got a, it's the Oregon state outline with a bass in it. Uh, Northwest fishing 18 on Instagram and Northwest fishing on TikTok. So if you want to have any questions or anything, hit me up on uh, Instagram. I'm more than happy to answer anything you got. Awesome. Well, Alec, thank you so much again for coming on the podcast. We really appreciate it. You've shared a, a wealth of knowledge, uh, not only as a creator, but I think, I think anybody that uh, follows your channel, watches your videos now, you know, you, you've given me a totally different perspective into, you know, what, what your driving factor, your creative forces, everything else, but not only that, but just being accessible. That's, I think that that's one of the coolest things is that I reached out to you and you're like, yeah, I'll come on. That's cool. Because I, I've reached out to a lot of other people. And like you mentioned before, there's some people that just kind of leave you unread. Uh, you know, I, we're not in here for a popularity contest, which I think sometimes gets skewed. Uh, and we welcome anybody to come on the podcast because everybody's got a cool, unique story in fishing. It doesn't matter if you have five followers or, you know, 30 million, but everybody's got their own little unique story. And yours is mm -hmm. really cool. I, I, <laughs> I thoroughly enjoy your videos. I hope to get out with you at some point to, to co-collaborate and go fishing with you. Oh, However, definitely. that works. You could even leave the cameras at home. We'll just go fish. I don't care. Uh, you know, but uh, thank you so much for being on. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And everybody, this episode was brought to you by Trout Leonard Nets, exploration through innovation. Max and Outfitters, made for anglers by people that fish. And Lid Rig, use your head, snip different. All right, folks. Well, thank you so much for listening. Make sure you check out Alec on YouTube, uh, Instagram, TikTok. D definitely go give him a follow uh go over to his channel subscribe and if you are listening to this currently right now on one of your favorite listening platforms make sure you're following us too so that we can continue to bring you the latest and greatest folks that we bring on uh we are on spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, radio public uh pretty much anywhere you get podcasts except for pandora because well pandora just doesn't love us so if you have any questions feel free to email us at workingclassfish at gmail.com or reach out to us on our Instagram at workingclassfishing. You can also find us on TikTok at workingclassfishing. You can find us on YouTube as well at workingclassfishing. And if you want to send us a message over on Facebook, we are there under WC Fish as our friendable profile or working class fishing page. So until next time, thank you so much for listening in and everybody have a great day.